This is an established principle in life and in every aspect of life we accept it, we act according to it. That a person who is genuinely seeking something, wanting something, then he will adopt the means to achieve it. Nobody who is genuinely seeking something, serious about achieving something, will sit back without adopting the means and saying that, well, it will come. However it's meant to come, will come. person wants to earn something, and if he's serious and genuine about earning a living, he wants to earn a lot of money, in fact, then he will go and adopt all the ways and means. He'll go through his whole schooling career, finish off with metric, then he'll try to get into some tertiary institution, some university, call it something, and then he will work hard and try to fulfill all the requirements so that he can pass his degree. And then he will be in the company of those who are the masters of the field. If he now wants to become a doctor, he'll be obliged to go through the housemanship, which is actually being in the company of the experts of the field for that duration of time. And if he wants to become an accountant, then he'll have to go and serve articles. Let's come back to the same thing of being in the company of the experts of the field. So he will undertake all these things. And after having gone through this whole process, then somewhere down the line, he will achieve, inshallah, his objective. But if he is dreaming all the time of becoming a doctor, of becoming an engineer, of becoming some other professional, and he sits back, relaxes, that who is going to undertake all these restrictions of school and university and then the costs involved and all the hard work that goes into it. And then I must listen to somebody else above me, do this and don't do that. I got no time for all this. Say, well, then you are not a seeker, you are a dreamer. <laughs> Carry on dreaming. And dreams are dreams, dreams are for free. But then sooner or later, the person has to open his eyes and look at reality. Then when the hunger is going to come, uh, he's dreaming about that beautiful palace that he built after becoming this big specialist and earning a lot of money and all the luxuries and comforts. But then when the fangs of hunger started biting inside, he opened his eyes, nothing. 
there's no palace, and there's no luxuries, and there's no comforts. He's trying to find where he's going to get some bread from. So the thing is that a person who is genuinely seeking something, then he seeks it by adopting the means. Without the means, he says that this is not going to work. One person used to come to one Muslim and he used to keep making dua, ask him to make dua, make dua that Allah Ta'ala blesses me with a child. So he made dua for him again the second time, third time. After many times he carried on asking this dua, only he asked him, are you married? He said, no, I'm not married. He said, well, this child is going to fall from the sky. So this too was a dreamer and that dream would never have happened. So for dunya, we understand this very, very clearly. We adopt that means, we go through it in order to achieve that end result. Whereas, this principle is 100% certain in terms of akhirat. It's not guaranteed for dunya. That a person who undertakes the means will certainly get the end result in dunya, there's no guarantee. Many a person undertakes all the means. But at the end of the day, he is still where he is. Didn't get anywhere. Didn't get his end result. But when a person adopts the correct means in terms of the akhirat, that is guaranteed. Allah Ta'ala has guaranteed it. وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Allah Ta'ala says, those who are truly wanting the akhirat, that determination is there to achieve the akhirah. But then, person is not a dreamer. He then makes the proportionate effort for it. With the condition of iman. Then Allah Ta'ala is guaranteeing this. Now, he's adopting the means. He's putting the process into place. He's not just dreaming. Allah Ta'ala is guaranteeing the end result. And such a person's efforts will not go in vain. Allah Ta'ala is most appreciative. Allah Ta'ala will fully compensate and recompense those efforts. Allah Ta'ala will grant the best of dunya and akhirat. Now what is this means? To achieve what objective? So the greatest objective that every person, his desire is, and this is, should be his objective, his goal, that we want to reach safely to Jannah. Because, person who has been saved from the fire of Jahannam and entered into Jannah, Allah Ta'ala says he is successful. This is that end result which is the final result of success, entering Jannah. But this goal and this objective, how will we get there? What means we have to adopt? Allah Ta'ala sums up that means in a very concise manner. Allah Ta'ala's kalam, kalamul muluk, mulukul kalam. The speech of kings is the king of speeches. So there are so many things, the Quran Sharif is filled with so many ahkam. Allah Ta'ala sums it all in this. If you want to get there, adopt these two things. A person who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala, the fear of accountability. And as a result, he restrains his nafs from its 
evil desires. So then the next step is Jannah. He put his one foot onto his nafs out of the fear of accountability on the day of Qiyamah. He trampled this nafs with this one foot out of this fear, the next foot is in Jannah. So this is the whole issue. This restraining of the nafs from its evil desires. Person brings this under control out of the fear of accountability for Allah. Then everything else is in hand. And this is the root issue. Right across the board. Whether it is regards towards ibadat, that the ibadat also gets neglected because of this khayishat and nafsani. The temptations and the desires of the nafs. Whether the desire is to just keep sleeping for their time, whether the desire is to keep doing whatever one is occupied in Zohar time or Asar time, and so on. So it is that desire that became the barrier, the obstacle in fulfilling ibadat also. Or that ibadat sometimes will take place, that same khahish and nafsani, that evil desire will come and spoil that ibadat. It is performing the salah, but now this desire for some kind of fame, this desire for some kind of recognition, now has transformed the whole ibadat into riyah. A person is doing it so that somebody else will observe and they'll have a good opinion of him. So he's doing it for somebody else's good opinion. So what again became the hurdle in between the same nafs? A person, it's time for his zakat to be discharged, but now there's this desire to use this money for something else, to have a big do, to have a wedding of its kind. So now the zakat is getting left and then this israf and fuzul also, all because of this high nafs, this evil desires of the nafs. If it's poor akhlaq that a person is displaying, sometimes he's venting his anger or he's harboring <coughs> some malice or whatever other evils, often and most of the time there'll be this nafs involved in it. Al Tabi says, people have learned the word ittifaq. They've learned the word unity. So now it's like reading one tasbih of unity, unity, unity. Will that bring unity? Unity, the bottom line of unity is removing the nafs out of it. When all the parties involved will remove the nafs, it's very easy for things to sort out. But somebody with the other's nafs comes in between, then the whole life will carry on also. Then a person's ibadat also will be a fight. Say Allah Akbar, and his whole mind and heart will be engrossed in how to sort the next person out. So, the whole thing sums up again to the same issue this nafs. So, the topic, there's many details in it, but just to quickly round up this, Tani Rahmatullah gives a prescription of how to bring this nafs under control and how to create and develop this fear of accountability on the day of Qiyamah. There's two things that he prescribes. The one is, and this requires a little bit of effort, a little bit of effort, a little bit of mujahada initially, until it becomes part of one system. That to develop this habit of not acting on the spur of the moment, but first thinking. 
before a person says something, before he does something, before he moves his hand towards something, before he lifts his gaze towards something, just to stop for one moment and think, is this part of my nafs? Is this, am I acting on the desire of my nafs? Or is it something that I won't have any accountability to fear of on the day of Qiyamah? It's something that's clear-cut. I won't have to answer anything for it on the day of Qiyamah. If I'm asked about it, then the answer is very simple, clear, because it's all above board. To first stop and think about it. This word I want to say, how much of nafs is involved in it? I'm talking that outwardly the, the apparent reason is to help this poor woman. To help this poor woman. Down and out. But to check also, is there any nafs involved in this? One person came to Hazrat Mahabharat al-Haqsa rahmatullahi and he started mentioning all the qualities of his sister-in-law who had passed away. His sister-in-law had passed away not long before that. So he came and he was giving his time that oh, this woman passed away and she was such a wonderful person and she had this quality and that quality. And now he can't stop going into the qualities of his sister-in-law. So as he carried on, Hazrat said to him, it seems that there was some haram in your heart regarding your sister-in-law. So now his eyes opened out, he confessed, yes, my heart wasn't clean. Yeah. Now she's gone already, but that nafs, how subtle it was. Now that is coming out in the form of praising all her qualities. One person came to the Mahabharat very upset. Why are you upset? Says, well, my brother, he, he's got no way about it. What's the problem? Says I used to previously uh, now and then go and visit him, and we were all one big family. But now suddenly he told me that his wife won't come anymore in front of me. She won't serve the food to me directly, and that. So he says, did your brother chase you out of the house? Says, no, he didn't chase me out of the house. Did he sit and eat with you? Yes, he ate with me. And why are you upset? You go to visit your brother. Or you go to visit your sister-in-law. <laughs> so this outwardly he was going to visit his brother, but where the nafs was? Nafs had crept in. So many a how often it happens, and this is the harm of guna, of sin. That it makes a person now get engrossed into haram, and it takes away the pleasure of halal. How many, every now and then there will be some correspondence and some email, that my husband got no time to talk to me. No time, he's always very tired. But let some other woman phone or something, even some family, lady who is now mahram to him. Now suddenly he's, he wants to talk to me, but he's spending 10 minutes on the phone first. And he's asking about a whole lot of things and he's, he's giving his whole day story. He can't give it to me, he's giving it to a na mahram. So where is this from? This is all that nafs. So to first stop and think that I'm feeling so compassionate and feeling so sorry that the neighbor's wife, nobody to help her, but did I have my wife today? <coughs> So worried about that the neighbor's wife, there's nobody here, the husband is gone, nobody there to help her today to go bring the whatever necessities. But his own wife he didn't help. And never helped. But he's worried about the neighbor's wife. So all this is at nafs. And it comes in in such a subtle way and in such wonderful guises, in such a deceptive manner that a person sometimes actually fools himself that I'm in Ibadah. Fools himself that I'm doing something very, very good, very pious. 
Whereas it's 100% nafsaniyat. But it's in the guise of deen sometimes. So this is what Hazrat is explaining, that stop for one moment and think <coughs> that what am I about to say, is there nafs involved in this? What am I about to do? I want to look somewhere, is my nafs involved in this? I want to help somebody, is my nafs involved in this? I want to give somebody some words of consolement. Who am I consoling and why? Is this consolement really consolement for the sawab of taziyat? Or is there some nafs involved in this too? So to one is to keep thinking first. Repeatedly building this habit of thinking. And then acting. Then speaking. Then looking. Then even whatever it may be to do. First to stop and think. Sometimes it will be clear cut. Sometimes it is not so straightforward. Then to develop the habit of first checking. Check with the ulama kiram Check with somebody our seniors. Is this the right thing? This is what I wanted to do. This is what I wanted to say. But was, would it have been the right thing to say? Would it have been the right thing to do? This is the one aspect of thinking first. Then Azad gives another advice. That every night, this muraqaba. Make this muraqaba, which is a very effective thing. Muraqaba, as simple as it seems, but it's very deep. But it needs to be done diligently. It needs to be done with seriousness. He says, the whole day you give for your whole dunya, at least give that last moments before going to sleep. You know, the leftover time give for Allah. Allah. <laughs> so in that five minutes, sit down and think that what are the things that I did today? All the wrongs that I got myself involved in. What I spoke, what I looked at, what I did, what I moved my hands towards, which steps I took. What, what I thought deliberately. So all this in your mind make that list. Having made that list, now suddenly bring yourself onto the plains of Qiyamah. And this whole list is in front. And the day of Qiyamah has already come. And this ground is as hard as lead and it's burning hot and just above the head is the sun. And there's nobody to assist. Nobody is interested in assisting and nobody is around. And it's me and my amal. And now I'm going to be asked about this whole list. You looked here, you spoke that, you listened to this, you said this to your wife, and you did this to this, your parents, and this to so-and-so, and that to so-and-so. And now think of this whole list. What answer am I going to give? Nobody is ready to help me with anything. So when there is no help from anywhere else, the only thing that gets left is now to totally humble oneself. Ya Allah, I am totally helpless. There is nothing I can do but confess that yes, I have done a terrible thing. I have disobeyed you and I have committed all this wrong. Ya Allah, I am seeking your forgiveness and I won't do this again. This is istighfar. This muraqaba coupled with istighfar in the end. And then the next morning, to just refresh this very quickly. Last night, this whole list I had and was already on the day of Qiyamah, but I made istighfar from it. So I wasn't repeat this today. And if a person makes the habit of these two things, inshallah, in a short while, this accountability would be in front of him. And this step for step will then help him to stay away from the disobedience of Allah wa ta'ala. When this comes in hand, then the next step is Allah ta'ala give us a topic of imbibing these lessons of our elders in our lives. Allah ta'ala grant us this true khawf and love of Allah Ta'ala. 
and make Jannah our abode. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين والله ولي ஜீம் <laughs> we always are told that by staying in the company of pious people staying in the company of the ahlullah then we will get the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the kitab aashiq sadiq at the end of the kitab there is there are a few pages written where hazrat rahmatullah ali was explaining this dua allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak wa hubba may yuhibbuk wal amal alladhi yuballighuni hubbak he had explained it in some tarbiyah lesson and it was transcribed and written there so very very briefly hazrat had mentioned that this dua oh allah bless me with your love i ask of you your love and i ask of you the love of those who love you and i ask of you those actions that will make me reach your love or that will be the cause of me being blessed with your love so as it mentioned that a chain is what links links make up a chain so this dua is showing us that there are like three links to this chain to the muhabbat of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one that is in the center the center link is the love of those who love allah by a person getting the love of those who love allah then with the help of allah ta'ala he will get the tawfiq of doing those deeds also that will convey him towards the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ultimately he will be blessed with the love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so one little example comes to mind of this that how we learn our deen how we learn to practice our deen by staying in the company of the awliya allah a brother had written to me last week or the week before and he said that 
prior to him becoming conscious of Dean and making Taluk, etc., with pious people, he used to just speak his mind. Any incident, any problem, somebody says something, he doesn't like it, he just speak his mind, shout the person, say whatever he wants. He never worried about the next person's feelings or whether what he's saying is justified, etc. He would just speak his mind. So he says that recently two incidents took place and he wants to know whether he reacted correctly. So he says he was on the airport with his wife and his children and the baby was crying a lot. Now the baby may have been upset or not well or earache or whatever. How are we going to know what is wrong with the baby? And the baby is crying. So there was a gentleman who was looking very gentle, <laughs> a few seats away. But this person was very, very upset. And he looked at them and said, well, what is wrong with this child? You know? so they took off with them. Keep the child quiet. So this person says he got upset. Doesn't this person understand that this is a baby? So he took off with him, told him one, two things. This is a baby and can't you understand? Whatever, he, he took off with him. So that was one incident. He says another incident took place is that he had taken his wife to the doctor. His wife had broken her leg. So he took her to the doctor. So he parked in the handicapped parking bay. And he went and left his wife inside and she had to go for some x-rays and something. And he needed to do some work close by. So he left her there and he came out. He thought he'll run his errands and then come back for her. So when he was getting into the car, there was a couple that was going past. So the husband is telling the wife, look at this fellow, no consideration. He's parked in the handicapped parking bay. There's nothing wrong with him. In Afrikaans, they were talking. So this person could understand what they said. So he again took off with that man. He told him why he passed there and then he added on. He says that that's why when you don't know something, you must, you know the other words. So he told him like that. So now he wants to know whether he reacted correctly or not. So when I read this, so two incidents in the life of Hazrat came to mind. How to answer this person? So one was, once Hazrat was on the aeroplane, going for Umrah, and it was Asar Salah time. Now the Saudi flight has got a little musalla there in the back. So we went to read Salah there. And the pilot had also come, one of the pilots, he had also come to read his Salah. So after reading Asar Salah, Hazrat made Imam to perform the salah. And now we were coming out. So the pilot is telling Hazrat, read your maghrib also. Now we're not going into the thick of the whole thing. But he is telling Hazrat must read maghrib namaz also one time. So now we know in our mazhab this is, we cannot join the two namazes and all that. So Hazrat just told him, he said, no, we'll come back and we'll read. So he started giving Hazrat a bayan, quoting some hadith, and he is explaining to Hazrat, no, you can read your namaz now, why are you going, and you're going to come back again, and you musafir, and, and now we are watching this, Hazrat is not saying anything, listen to this person, whatever he said, 
And then Hazrat told him, let's see, See, we are just passengers. We've got nothing to do. So we'll come back and read our Maghrib. You've got a lot of work to do. You have to find the plane. So you read, you need to read, you read and you carry on. But we'll come back. Don't worry about us. So I told this person, I said in the first instance, there was no need for you to reply. When the person shouted you about the baby, there was no need for you to reply. Because so many times, we ourselves, if the baby is crying at home, we will ask the wife, what's wrong, see to the child, man, I'm trying to concentrate, do something here. So that person was trying to do some work or whatever, and now by you retaliating like that, now you have to spoil your mouth. Now if he said something else, you said something else, it will just turn into something nasty and ugly. You shouldn't have said anything. You should have just kept quiet. The second instance, I told him that it was important for you to clarify why you parked there. It was important for you to clarify why you parked there. But at the same time, there was no need to add on the extra. Hmm. The extra bit that you put, there was no need for that. It was important for you to clarify why you parked there. That answer also was inspired through Hazrat Rahmatullah's action. So one day, we were on the King Shaka airport. The airport had just opened. They didn't even have stools and chairs or anything. There was some <coughs> delay. So chairs are ordered, didn't come as yet. So Hazrat was flying off somewhere and we had gone to meet Hazrat on the airport. And normally Hazrat would have a small majlis there and he would make some dua. But now there were no chairs anywhere to sit. So one of the brothers there, he came to Hazrat and he said, the day is a lounge there. There was a lounge. It was closed with some glass doors. There's lounge there and I got permission from the officials and they said we can use it. So we can go in that lounge, you can have a small majlis and make some dua, etc. So Hazrat began walking. He asked him first, you sure you got permission? He said, no, 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 I found out from them, they gave permission, they said we can sit down there. So Hazrat started walking towards the lounge. But as he came closer, he noticed on the top there was a sign. And what the sign read, unaccompanied minors, M-I-N-O-R-S, not N-E-R-S, unaccompanied minors. <laughs> So Hazrat stopped, he said, no, we can't go in that lounge. So this person is telling Hazrat, but no, I've got permission. They gave permission, we're not just going, they gave permission. So Hazrat asked him that you got permission from the authorities of the airport. Have you explained this to every person using the airport? Mm. Every person that walks in there, did you explain to them that we got permission to use this lounge? No. So now imagine every person walking here, they'll see that sign, they say unaccompanied minors, and they see all these big, big men here with big, big beards and trophies and everything. What will their impression, what will they say? So look at these Muslim people, they have no brains. The lounge is for unaccompanied minors, and these big, big men are sitting inside there. So it will create a bad impression with regards to deen, Islam, and Muslims. So this is what I told this brother, that see, you, you are wearing a kurta, you have got a beard, you wear a topi, 
by you parking there, you will say, look at these Muslims, they've got no consideration. So it was important for you to clarify it. But there was no need to add on the extra bit. So then he asked in another email, the next email, he says that he will keep these points in mind. But for future, how does he differentiate when to talk, when not to talk? <laughs> so it's exactly what Moana was saying, that we have to be thinking all the time. We have to be thinking all the time. So the job that was given to him is that whenever there is some blemish going to come on our reputation, which will then hinder us doing khidmat of deen or our work or something, right? Or there is some blemish or some problem, some bad thought in somebody's mind with regards to Islam and Muslims, then it will be necessary to talk. It will be necessary to talk, but only to that extent. Only to that extent. There's no need to talk even one word more. To that extent, for the sake of Allah, for the sake of Allah's deen, it will be necessary to talk. And where that fear is not there, like now that baby issue, there was no fear of anything there. So in that situation, rather we maintain silence, we rather keep quiet. The only thing that will get dented is our nafs a little bit, that we couldn't get some flesh back. That person had a go at us and we couldn't have a go back at him. That's the only thing that will get dented. But other than that, our akhlaq will be intact and in fact, we will be more peaceful. We will be more peaceful. Sometime on the road also, somebody does something, cuts in front of us or something. I remember after Hansasa from Lady Smith, some years back in one majlis, he mentioned this. He said, now you are driving, all of a sudden somebody comes, flashes you from the back, overtake you, come in front of you, and when they come in front of you, then they break. Now, you can either just take it in its stride and carry on. Oh, you're going to get upset. Now you want to overtake that person. You want to show him. And then when you come next to him, you want to indicate something to him and whatever. Now what has happened? We have just shattered our own peace. The occupants of the vehicle, I, the children, whoever may be with us, all of them are worried. All of them are now on edge. We have shattered our own peace. We are in a bad mood. And now, wherever you are going also, now the whole journey now, whole mood is spoiled, everything is upside down. Whereas if we just let that person pass, let him carry on, we didn't say anything, we didn't get worked up, then our peace is not shattered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala,
سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم الله كي صاف يا نامه عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے اللہ جل جلاله لا اله الا Allah, 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 Allah. 
وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد إله العالمين يا الله ومسبسك الله وسكين وسكريشيس وسلامين الله إله العالمين يا الله يا الله فقيم يا الله يا الله فقيم all of me and my sons يا الله يا الله فقيم all families يا الله فقيم all relatives يا الله فقيم all friends يا الله فقيم the entire أمته فصل الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah show down your spirit on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Show down your Rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Allah make our Zahir also conform to your Ahkam commands, Ya Allah. Allah make our Batin and inside also according to the way you are happy with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, every moment let us live our life in your pleasure, Ya Allah. Allah save us from doing anything that will displease you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are very weak, Ya Allah. Allah, we are extremely weak, Ya Allah. Allah, without your help and protection, we cannot be saved, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Allah, look after us like a little baby is looked after, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan in kawaqiyatil waleed. Allahumma waqiyatan in kawaqiyatil waleed. Allahumma waqiyatan in kawaqiyatil waleed. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us on Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us on Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the deviations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the fitna of nafs, Ya Allah. Save us from the fitna of shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from all the haram desires and temptations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You give us the strength of Iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us taqwa, Ya Allah. Full our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, full our hearts with your consciousness, Ya Allah. Every moment of our life, let us be forever conscious that you are aware, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know where our eyes are looking at, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you know what is crossing our hearts and minds, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have every single bit, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the quality of Ihsan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the nisbat of the awliya and siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true and pious servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our families, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, purify us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the evil akhlaq from us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the noble akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, let's live the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you rectify our mu'amalat also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, rectify our mu'ashalat also, Ya Allah. Give us the best of akhlaq, Ya Allah. Enable us to fulfill all the ibadat with ihsan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us all the qualities of iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, adila, mustamirra, da'ila. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allah grant happiness and peace to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the grief, the worry, the sorrow, the anxiety, the depression, the stress. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, give itminan to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove all the challenges of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from their qadrs with noor, Ya Allah. Make them complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Allah, the time of all that take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us with iman, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us with iman, Ya Allah. Allah, take us with Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, give us khatma bil khayr, Ya Allah. Allah, give us khatma bil khayr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our qabaz with noor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 